Thank you for that, Tommy and Lorraine. In the midst of everything else this season, Tommy and Lorraine took it upon themselves to learn that song on about three days' notice, which tells you just about all you need to know about the two of them. That Christmas carol, uh, The Friendly Beasts, uh, may be new to some of us here, but in actuality it is about a hundred years old, which can seem like a long time to us, but in the timeline of the church it was written practically yesterday. And yet, even so, the imagery of the song, the collection of animals that has gathered there at the manger in order to worship, is almost as old as the church itself. The donkey that carried Mary uphill and down, the cow who offered his hay for Christ's pillow, the sheep who kept him warm, the dove who who cooed the child to sleep. Even if the exact cast of characters might shift in different versions of the tale, they're all familiar to us, pieces of our manger scene from years past, well-known aspects of the story of the Christ child's wondrous birth and the good news that he has come to bring to all. For example... Animals like this appear in Christmas sermons all throughout the history of the church. Martin Luther, the venerable bead, on and on and on. They, they appeared in 1223 at the very first manger scene that St. Francis of Assisi put on in order to help the people around him better understand, better envision, and therefore better celebrate the birth of Jesus. You can actually trace the presence of the animals at the manger all the way back to the second century, to one of the greatest biblical scholars ever, a man named Origen of Alexandria. And yet, when I say that the animals gathered there at the manger are almost as old as the church itself, I meant it. Because while they are well-known to us and while they were well-known to Luther and to Bede and to Francis and to Origen and to lots and lots of other Christians, they do not seem to have been known to Luke. In the story of Jesus' birth, as Luke tells it, the story that we read just a moment ago, the only animals that show up at the manger are the mangy shepherds that come wandering in from the hillsides. And Luke doesn't even tell us whether or not they brought their own sheep. Now, some of you might be wondering why in the world I am doing this today. Why it seems I am making the manger scene smaller, less romantic, less magical on Christmas morning why I have suddenly turned into the Grinch. I've not, for the record. In fact, I think I might even be able to make the argument that I'm doing the exact opposite of all of that, but in order to do that, I'm going to need you all to take a quick detour with me. 
Several years ago, a friend of mine recommended that I watch the Tim Burton film, Big Fish. If you haven't seen it yet, then let me go ahead and recommend it to all of you. Based on a novel of the same name, Big Fish is a movie about the power of stories. On one level, it's about how stories have the power to transfix us or even transport us. But on another level, it is also about how stories can tell us truths. Truths that go beyond the the banalities of the who and the what and the where of whatever happened and can delve ever more deeply into the why. If you've seen the movie, then you know that the main storyteller is the father, Edward Bloom, who has told tall tales to his son his entire life. Stories from his time in the circus, from his time in the war, tales of bank heists and great loves and daring rescues, tales that involve giants and witches, werewolves. Good stories, true stories, Edward says at one point in the movie, they need more than facts. They need flavor. And yet his son, William, who grew up hearing all of these stories as a child, now that he is a man grown, all he wants is the truth. He's like Sergeant Friday from Dragnet. Just the facts. I just want to know the true versions of things, he tells his father. True versions of events, of stories, of you. And yet by the movie's end, William the son comes to realize that while the events of his father's life might not have played out precisely as he had been told growing up, the stories that he'd heard were in fact all true. And that put together they told the truth of who his father really was. Which gets us back to the animals of the friendly beasts. The appearance of these animals in sermons and in stories, in hymns and artwork and nativity plays down through the ages is actually telling a truth that may go beyond the prose of Luke chapter 2. The message that's written there in scripture in black and white and red But those things tell the truth of this child's birth nonetheless. For the child who is born on this day is born to redeem more than his family and more than his neighbors and more than the shepherds and more than the people of Bethlehem. He has come to redeem everything. Every one of us every one of God's other beloved creatures, and everything else in the entire cosmos. The redemption of all and the redemption for all began in earnest on that night in the manger. So it is only right that alongside Mary and Joseph, whenever we imagine or envision that scene, whenever we portray it in art or display it in a creche, 
Whenever we sing songs or tell stories to celebrate the joy of Christmas, it is only right that some of God's blessed creatures get to be gathered there as well. So liven up your nativity scenes at home. Allow this story to play out in your imaginations in ways that are larger and more elaborate than it might appear in Luke's text. Embellish them with cattle and sheep and doves, perhaps even a lobster or two, if you were so inclined. Sing songs and read poems and tell stories that do not simply get to the facts of the Christmas story, but that also reflect its flavor as well. The good news of that night, the theology of that night, who it tells us that our Lord actually is, tells us of the love and the joy and the hope and the peace that have been ushered in in Bethlehem for all things. Because when you hear stories like that, they might not happen just the way it's told. But nonetheless, they're all true. Thanks be to God. And Merry Christmas. Amen.